Man, you gotta get a camera. We would be able to be so happy. Um, yeah, I need to get a camera. I need to, yeah, I need to be less broke. Hey, Christmas is coming up. You could send me oh, a yeah, gift. Oh, yeah, yeah, You could send me a gift from overseas. I won't send you a gift. No, I'll send you a, I'll send, I will send you a gift, actually, but I'll send you some sort of Japanese thing. Not a camera. I'll send you my address. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. All right, word. Um, I'll send, I'll, no, well, no, shipping is ridiculous internationally. I'm not sending you anything. Shipping's dummy expensive, that's true. You could uh, uh, get me uh, uh, some sort of online thing. Some sort of something very American, though, right? It would have to be American. A subscription to NPR. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. All right, well, um, all right, let's, <coughs> let's fucking go. Um, let's get it. Welcome to Slime Wire. Choose your own adventure. To write Tonchi to and D.E.K. Min Sensei are broadcasting out of Portland, Oregon, and Shikoku, Japan, respectively. Vapor wave has begun to seep into the material world. We are living in dangerous times. Join us in our quest for truth in the vapor sphere. This is episode 2824, baby. The boys are reeling from the most vapor wave election night yet. The Democratic election for the Supreme Leader of Vapor Wave. After four years of tyrannical hard vapor rule, Vapor Wave is at long last dead. Long live Vapor Wave. We also have new music to review. Death's Dynamic Shroud.WMP have a new subscription based fan club promising a new release every month. This month's release is called Sea World 2. We also dive into One No Tricks Point Never's new album Magic One No Tricks Point Never. We will now begin the show. Slime Wire. Choose your own adventure. Mahalo. Uh, welcome to the Slime Wire podcast. This is episode 2824, baby. Um, hey. I'm your host, Triton T2. I'm, of course, broadcasting out of Portland, Oregon. I'm talking to my co-host, the International Man of Mystery. Would you like to introduce yourself? They call me E.K. Man Sensei, a.k.a. Uh, International Man of Mystery, uh, a.k.a. Evan Berkland. I don't know if I'm supposed to use my full name, but I'm I, going to anyways. Yeah, I don't care. We're, we're okay. trying to get, like, we're trying to climb the reaches of a, you know, leftist podcast vaporwave connoisseurs. So we're, we're going to have to start using our full names, trying to get our names out there. My name's Morgan Folkers and we're, yes. uh, we're going hard. Um, you are, you are of course broadcasting out of Shikoku, Japan, correct? The summer Isle of Shikoku. All right. That's me. How are you doing? How are you doing today? Oh, you know, I'm just hanging in there. I'm really hungover. I went out with some buds to drink last night. And I went to a place that is known as a snack bar. I don't know if I've already told you about snack bars, but a snack bar is a, uh, a house of ill repute. Um, it's Most foreigners think of snack bars as being uh, basically like low-key brothels where they use uh, various rules to get around uh, uh, sex work restrictions. 
that's not actually true. Most of them are just, uh, uh, are mostly just like places where there's a charming woman who serves you food, and they're the vibe is that she's like a like a really like outgoing friendly bartender who cares about your day and talks to you if you're lonely so that's what it is but nice. yeah so one trick that they have is that they will just start pouring you beer and like they won't ask for you to it's a it's a very japanese thing to like they pour you beer and they don't ask like once your glass is done you get a refill immediately uh and they don't ask whether you want one so you can imagine that that gets out of hand real quick. And so, yeah, I'm really hungover from, from about 10 to two, I was like, not okay at all. Uh, just fucking like dead inside. I think I, like I think real... I like fell asleep with my eyes open while I was driving. Oh, that's no good. Like shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, are so. you talking like real, like real hangover, like throwing up in the shower, dry? Yeah, eating? I don't do that. I don't throw up. You know this. Yeah, I really uh-huh. don't. I don't either. I had a, like a really bad stomach flu that I. Uh, this is like a couple months ago, but I had a really bad stomach flu that I passed to one of my coworkers, and nice. it just made me shit like. Mm-hmm. In, intensely over and over again, and apparently my coworker was also doing that, but also throwing up. But yeah, I wasn't throwing up. I was only yeah. shitting. No, dude, I don't throw up no more. I'm not a guy that throws up. This is not me. This is not how I roll. Well, yeah, I don't puke. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. In regards to the uh, the um, snack bar thing, when I first moved into my uh, new neighborhood. I was, mm. you know, sort of like going on Google Maps and looking at all of the businesses nearby just to yeah. see, you know, what what kind of bars are around, what kind of restaurants. There are a lot yeah. of um, massage parlors. And yeah. so, uh, you know, I, I was like, huh, that's, this is a weird neighborhood for there to be a bunch of massage parlors in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did some sort of a, like some Google sleuthing and found out <laughs> that, um, at a lot of these places, you can get like a happy ending, which I I, I have not gone to any of these massage parlors. But I I told that to my roommate, and my roommate was immediately like, "Oh yeah, that's one of the first things I looked up when I moved here." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Damn, all right, well, way ahead of you there, buddy." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So that's that's me. That's my life. That's how I'm hanging. Yeah, um, I've just been working. I took up the election night shift, so I did an extra shift this week. But the election night was very, very busy and made a lot hmm. of money, so it's very nice. Nice, good job. Not, not. Um, so we'll we'll talk about uh, election night and how it's um, it's the most vaporwave election night that has ever occurred because they <laughs> they slowed it down three times, three times over. <laughs> they slowed one day to to make it be three days, but there there was another um there was another election that a lot of people weren't talking about. It was of course the election for the supreme leader of vaporwave. Did you hear about this? Oh no, I have not heard about this. Well, uh, Slimewire podcast. We were we were in the running. Um, of course, uh-huh. as the figurehead, Toraytanti too. I was um yes. you know I was running for re-election. Um, you know, uh, they're still counting the polls in Neo Tokyo. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
Neo-China. Yeah, we're projected to win all of the geo cities. <laughs> all um, the Chinese pop-up cities that we have their vote. Yeah, we did take a, a big loss in uh, Bikini Bottom. <laughs> we just, uh, we, we couldn't get our head above water there. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yes, we've always pulled low in SeaWorld. But yeah. that's just because <laughs> we're not, uh, I'm not interested in campaigning in that area, as we will discuss later. <laughs> rock bottom's a lock though rock bottom is a lock for uh to write on t2 to write on t2 to write on t2 um uh yeah uh well good job i'm uh, uh our lawyers are standing by regardless <laughs> of whether we win or lose we will sue someone um yeah what would the vaporwave supreme court be uh, who would the vaporwave supreme court be council of leaders it wouldn't be a supreme court it's more of a council an elder council of the uh, eldritch (laughs) the eldritch masters yeah 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 Uh, christ christ okay christ uh dds uh yeah hke is there but it was a um it was a a controversial pick Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah and, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, Mitch McConnell. Yeah, Mitch McConnell. He's there. He's there. he's in there too. Yeah. He's in. He's deep into the vapor sphere. Yeah, he's um, in the vaporwave uh, swamp. But uh, anyway, so yeah, so that that we we still have yet to hear the results of that election. There was a different election though for the uh, president of the United States. Uh, it looks yeah. like the results are coming in, and it's a resounding yes to Joe Biden. Yes, yes. The people voted yes. They voted for yes instead of no. Vaporwave is dead. Vaporwave. (laughs) Long live Vaporwave. For killing Vaporwave. They really did. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They did vote uh, for a death to Vaporwave to come. I'm um, I'm just uh, like, I feel like my life is going to be so boring now, you know? Yeah, it kind of sucks, right? Yeah, I really don't. I don't even think that it's like. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, Donald Trump is going to fucking sneak under my bed at night and come up and just be the president of me. Yeah, this... this... Like, I can't can't imagine a world in which Donald Trump is not president, you know? That's so bizarre because, I mean, four years ago, we were still living together at the last last election night. I remember I had to work early in the morning... So you stayed yeah. up and watched it. I went to bed and I woke up in the middle of the night and just looked at my phone and saw Donald Trump is the president. <laughs> when I went to bed, it was it was for sure that Hillary was going to win, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Woke yeah. up at like two in the morning, look at my phone, Donald Trump's the president. Oh my God, go back to sleep. Me, 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 me. Yeah. Wake yeah. up. Uh, I got the text from Nico. He said, we did it, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like then I couldn't conceive of a Trump presidency. Yeah. I, I, I recall walking to work and just feeling off, just feeling bizarre. And Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember doing that too. Just being like, uh... Uh, (laughs) what? Yeah, it's so crazy. But, um, yeah, yeah, and so at this point, I can't imagine 
all of that stuff just going away. And it won't go away because A, this has not been completely resolved yet. Trump is taking this to the Supreme Court. Yeah, has he even said anything since Biden won? Has he been like, I don't think he's issued a statement, right? No, he's uh, he's issued statements. He's been on Twitter. Um, all of his tweets are getting flagged by Twitter because they have um, fake news in them. Um, Jeez. But I think the last thing he said was 71 million legal votes, the most ever for a sitting president. He said, the observers were not allowed into the counting rooms. I won the election, about 71 million legal votes. Bad things happened, which our observers were not allowed to see, never happened before. Millions of mail-in ballots were sent to people who never asked for them, exclamation point. And then he also said, I won this election by a lot. (laughs) He's not taking it well. He's not taking it well. (laughs) He's not. (laughs) It's not uh, going over well for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's wild. I don't know what, like... Yeah, so, like... He's going to take it to the Supreme Court. I mean, everything that I'm reading is saying that the, like, there's, there've already been cases that have just reached settlements uh, between uh, whatever legal body is suing whichever legal body, and they're just reaching settlements, right? So, like, if a case reaches a settlement, that means it doesn't get transferred to the Supreme Court, I think. Right, right. Yeah, if they if they settle, it doesn't go any further. Yeah, yeah. So, like, basically, all of the most of the of the court, most of the lawsuits that have gone to trial have just ended in settlements at a state level. Are you talking about like just any old lawsuit, or are you talking about lawsuits that pertain directly to this election? Yeah, I'm talking to the lawsuits that have made been made by some branch of the Republican Party against various states. So they're at a state level going around making lawsuits and being like, hey, hey, you didn't count the votes right. You got you to recount the votes. And then uh, the states are like, oh, well, okay, what if we do this? And then they reach a settlement. But they're all, all the lawsuits are being made at a state level okay. against states. And if any of them reaches the Supreme Court, then the Supreme Court will decide it. But usually a lawsuit happens and the people involved try to figure out the lawsuit at a state level before it reaches the Supreme Court. Like they pass this shit up. They pass it on up. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so they, none of these lawsuits that have been filed so far by the Republican Party against these states, none of them have been deemed important enough to be passed up to the Supreme Court. So, so far, like, if current trends continue, none of these lawsuits are going to be effective. They're not going to work. Well, that's also, um, like, what the uh, the mainstream media is, like, selling, is that, like, like, did you, um, Trump did a press briefing, like, yesterday or maybe the day before, Um, Mm. It was while Michigan and I think um, Georgia were like sort of flipping blue and he did like a press briefing and he kept, he was talking about how the Democrats were stealing this election about how he already won and multiple news outlets, including MSNBC, CNN and Fox news 
mm. literally interrupted and cut away from the president speaking. Damn. To, <laughs> to provide fact checking. And um, <laughs> there's never been a more vaporwave president. There's never been, that's the, such the, the vaporwave move to the news to cut away from the president. But um, the news has to yeah interject. But I feel okay, here. Open your bag of whatever. It's, it's oh. very loud. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay, here. Uh, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. open it. We'll just take a second. We'll fix it out. And we'll cut it out in post. Okay. Uh, no, I'll open it later. But anyway, the the so the media is like selling this thing, and obviously, um, I don't know if you've been like on like Instagram or like Twitter today, but it's like yeah. all very celebratory and like okay, yeah, yeah, Trump's out. Yeah. Trump isn't out yeah. yet. He's not out until fucking January, mm-hmm. and he's gonna try. He's gonna try. He's- Damn He's fucking hardest until then. Out. Yeah. None of this none of this is set in fucking stone. We don't know what is <laughs> no. going to happen. Yeah, if there's ever been anybody that I thought that I would say, yeah, he might be able to like scam his way into keeping the this presidency, I'd be like, Yeah, it's Donald Trump. Like he's gonna fucking he's gonna wriggle his way around somehow and get in and yeah, look at look at the year twenty twenty, and look at how many, how much crazy shit has happened in this year, and the fact yeah. that Trump is supposed to step down at the end of the year. Does anybody <laughs> really like how? Is, I know. <laughs> how is yeah. there a happy ending to twenty twenty? I don't yeah. see that happening. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, I mean it's it's right. very 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 possible that uh, all of this is fucking anticlimactic and Joe Biden becomes the president and yada, yada, yada. And we're, and we will seem stupid and we will be fools for saying all this shit. But I'm just saying the, the, the trajectory of this year is leading towards some sort of horrible, horrible impact uh, at the end of the year. Something, something's going to happen. Like another thing has to happen. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Another horrible thing has to go down. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we should acknowledge that we were totally wrong. We biffed it. We goofed on it. Yeah, we're uh, sorry. Yeah, we're sorry, everyone. We predicted with fire and brimstone. We predicted a uh, uh, another four years of Donald Trump. We were wrong in our predictions. We based our opinions not in facts, not in statistics, but in a general uh, smell. Vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we licked our fingers, put it in the air, and we uh, saw which direction the wind was blowing. And we made our call based on that. And I don't regret that for a second. Oh, God, no. do it all again. Yeah, no, we don't use facts here on SlimeWire. No, we, we have no not. regard for them. <laughs> I've never uttered a fact on this cast in my entire life. I disagree. I would say everything that we say is correct. I mean, everything that we say is so correct that it kind of goes beyond right or wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's true on a mythological level. So, in a sense, Donald Trump did win. He won the presidency. He won the culture war. I've got to say the only thing that, um, I mean, I, I haven't been looking at, usually I look at uh, Instagram every day, you know, Twitter, yeah. Facebook, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, yeah. Recently, this week, I've just been glued to fucking the 4chan 
uh, going on 4chan. Oh, genius and, idea, and, yeah. And going on poll and looking at their uh, election thread, where you will yeah. see some of the craziest fucking <laughs> shit you've ever seen. And it's like, it's to the point where it's like, it's like a hundred replies every like goddamn half hour. So everything gets deleted immediately and you like have to, you got to catch the memes while they're fresh. And uh, yeah. I've, I've seen so many great memes. Um, the main one that comes to mind is the picture of AOC crying by the, uh, the, the, the uh. <laughs> and there's, there's, there's Pepe's in there. Uh, I I about yeah. like I was on the fucking train Jesus. and I was dying laughing. And if anybody, any single person on that train, saw that I was looking at 4chan, they would have immediately, uh, I would have been thrown off of that train. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, man, it's wild. I do think that uh, the uh, he definitely has ruined a bunch of essential things about American culture, American politics, and the world. So I feel like he has kind of won in that sense. Sorry, I'm trying to get on 4chan right now and see what's going on. I mean, it's so, like, crazy, but um, it's it's hard to keep up with unless you, like, look at it for a, a certain period of time to see, like, all of the sub- like the replies to like different things. It's really fucked up. But um yeah. No, I mean if anything this is a retrospective of America. This is a retrospective of the Donald Trump presidency. What was it like yeah. living for 4 years under tyrannical hard vapor rule? And um, <laughs> <laughs> now um, the vaporwave has died. It's it's um it's allowed to come back again. And uh Yes. Now that we can start to listen to vaporwave again. Oh, I've I've been listening. Well, okay, here's a great meme from a uh, from poll. It's the uh, the keep on trucking guy, but it has the Wojak face. Do you know who Wojak is? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? Well, he's the he's the feels guy. He's the feels guy face. Oh, I'm aware. Yeah, and he says keep. I'm just saying for listeners, but um, he says okay. keep on coping. <laughs> One of the funniest things I saw was it was a it was a black guy that took a picture of his arm to show that he was actually black and he time stamped it and wrote like poll uh you know eleven seven twenty twenty four fifty p.m. and he was yeah. like Magatard seethe Biden's in the White House. <laughs> 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 That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, wild. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm on it, and I'm gonna definitely get off of it right now because, uh, yeah, Fortune is a scary place. It's a fucked up place. There's a lot of anime titties. Um, I know you're yeah. into that, so. Well, I don't need to go on the internet to get that. Just walk right out of my house. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so yeah, uh, okay. So this is a retrospective about the last four years uh, of Donald Trump's reign. What did we go through? What kind of people were we? What kind of people are we now? What are we doing with our lives? Everything's um, worse. Everybody's life is worse. Um, yes, yes. Everybody's lives has denigrated. I mean, those four years were some of the darkest times in my life. Personally. Some of the darkest times in mine. And some of the, some of the best times of my life, too, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, I mean, that was like I graduated, I had shitty jobs, I hated my jobs, and I really hated my life until like until I left for Japan. And even now, you know, I don't my life isn't a perfect life. But I would say from 2016 to 2019, for pretty much co-extant with Donald Trump's presidency, also were some real shitty times in the life of young Evan Berkland. That's for sure. It's crazy how like far, like how long ago it seems. Like I saw. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, I saw like a. It was like, have you seen the Michael Moore documentary, The Fahrenheit Eleven Nine? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I watched that because I was um I had gotten back from uh, I think it was Christmas. And so I had gotten back to the city. I got at the Greyhound. I was at the Greyhound station. And yeah. um, I like walked up to uh, Living Room Theaters, which is right by Powell's and Sizzle Pie and all that shit in mm. Portland. And I was super bored. And I went in there and I was super hungry. And they like they make you food and you watch a movie. And I watched that fucking movie and I ate mac and cheese. And I was like the only person in the theater. But um, <laughs> I, I recently watched a clip of it. Um, and like, do you remember in like the beginning of the Trump presidency when his cabinet was like Steve Bannon and like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. a bunch of insane like neocons and, um, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, Republican ideologues and, uh, all, how they all got fired within like the course of a year. Yeah. Yeah. He fired and rehired so many goddamn like secretaries of state. You remember when there was like, I think it was like the secretary of defense was this like like guy who had like three facelifts he was like a beverly hills dude and his name was like his name was like a a fictional italian gangster's name uh i can't remember what his name was but yeah uh yes many firings occurred um i don't know it's so so different there's also a clip of um in the beginning of that movie of bill o'reilly still on yeah. TV, still on Fox News, and he has, of course, lost his job since, and he's, he's yeah. a podcaster like you and I, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta raise him up. Uh, <laughs> we gotta ring him up. <laughs> shout, shouts he definitely out, has that. Shouts out Bill. Um, oh, yeah, Bill. Yeah, hope you're doing good, buddy. My dad used to watch Bill O'Reilly every fucking night. Every fucking night, he used to watch Fox News, Bill O'Reilly, and Sean Hannity. Three hours of uh, Republican shit smearing directly into right. your face <laughs> <laughs> and throughout the entire bush presidency throughout the entire obama presidency um, yeah my dad uh my dad was aware that watching uh, uh fox news is a class marker that brands one as a member of the blue collar non-intelligentsia and he, that he had aspirations towards being a smart man so he never did that. But occasionally he would just turn it on and be like, eh, this is kind of funny. This guy's kind of funny, you know? Like <laughs> <laughs> Bill O'Reilly had like a, there was like a guy, like a special segment that was created, I think, to compete with like the Comedy Central comedy politics shows, Comedy Central comedy punditry. That was like going on at the time. The, the Colbert Report and The Daily Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bill O'Reilly had a sort of just a segment that was like, okay, let's have some guy who's like funny. And he was not funny at all. 
But my dad would show me some of these things and I would have to be like, ha yeah, yeah. It was like, not even, it wasn't even like, it wasn't even that I disagreed with what he was saying, which I did. It was just like, it wasn't funny, you know? Um, my dad so, yeah. used to like, I used to be watching TV downstairs. And my dad would call me from his computer room upstairs and um, force me to come up and see something that he wanted to show me and it was always a video of like a fat lady falling down that somebody had emailed him <laughs> and then like years later i would be like watching jackass the movie or something and he would be like well this is just stupid and i feel like he showed me so many videos of fat ladies falling down like <laughs> yeah this is the same thing except it's, it's exactly the same thing yeah <laughs> yeah it's less mean and like <laughs> horrible because they are intending to do this and you're just laughing at somebody's misfortune yeah i think yeah. if my dad didn't have like a political like uh animosity towards like leftist culture he would probably really love like ridiculousness or yeah yeah um, any of those stupid fucking shows yeah for sure um, yeah i mean like my parents are really uh i mean my parents are both definitely conservatives my mom is just kind of like, I don't think my mom gives a shit, but like the last time I like FaceTimed my parents, my mom specifically used the words. She was like, yeah, I would, I kind of didn't want to go on vacation this year, but then, you know, I thought like, I just shouldn't let coronavirus control my life. I just can't let it control my life. And I was like, that is like exactly what Donald Trump said on a little <laughs> like, on one of his like things. After um, he got COVID. After, yeah, after he got he, COVID. And yeah, after, after he, he got, covered. yeah. Yeah, after, after he got COVID. injected with experimental drugs made from yeah. fecal tissue and <laughs> steroids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he said, don't let it run your life. And my mom said that to me, and I was like, shit. I wonder if my mom voted for Trump. I wonder if my dad voted for Trump. They probably did. Um, my dad definitely did. My mom didn't. She definitely voted for Biden. Yeah. I haven't talked about it with them. Um my only uh, contact with them uh, regarding the elections has been my dad getting really, really pissed that Oregon legalized, uh, as he likes to say, they legalized all drugs. And he's really, really mad about it. They didn't blah, do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, buddy. And he literally was like, I can't believe that I got to wear a mask and stand six feet away from people. But now people can do heroin on the streets. And I'm like, God damn it, dude. I will say, like, the amount of, like, attend, like, so, well, we're, we can get into, like, some, like, other election stuff. Like, do you know about how um, uh, California voted against Prop 22, which was the, uh, the, the Uber the, and uh, Lyft thing? Yeah. Yeah. Allow Ubers to, uh, Uber drivers to, like, be able to afford food. Yeah, they voted against that. Uh, they voted yes, against yes. that. Um, As I heard. I feel like if there was, like, half the, like, energy put into, like, advertising that, that you should vote yes on that, or, yeah. or no on, I don't remember, like, I'm not a Californian. As there was yeah. on, like, you should vote to legalize fucking magic mushrooms. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it probably would have gotten passed. But yeah, like yeah. People's people lives would have made been made so much better. Yeah, who yeah. gives? A sh I do not give a shit if mushrooms are legal. I still, even yeah. if mushrooms are legal, I'm not gonna do mushrooms 
and go out into regular society and try and be yeah. a normal person. It's absurd. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it's they legalized them for therapeutic purposes, but like the last thing I could, if you told me, hey, would well, you like I, to go into a room with a therapist and then trip balls? <laughs> <laughs> like, with like a 45-year-old dude who has a PhD in therapy and uh, and trip balls with him and have him try to guide you through the various mental For, for six hours? For like... six fucking hours? I'm like, how could you devise a worse therapy? <laughs> like, how could you possibly imagine something that would make you, that would be more prone to make you go permanently insane for the rest of your life than to have to talk to some quack. Yeah. And you I'm in, I'm inclined to remember like back in the the elder years when marijuana wasn't legal but you could get like a a fucking medical uh card. Yeah, how many yeah, yeah. how many of the people you knew that had medical cards needed it? And how many of them yeah. were just pieces of shit that their parents yeah. gave them two hundred dollars for a medical card? Like, yeah. How many? Uh, how many kids are going to go to a therapist's office and be like, "I'm sad. I think I, I think I need like about a, a dub, of shrooms, please." <laughs> I feel no, bad for I'm the therapist. <laughs> yeah, I know the amount of people is going to be like, "Yeah, dude, I'm totally fucked up in the head. Give me some shrooms, dude." Yeah, I have PTSD. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I have PTSD. Uh, yeah, and they're gonna be like, "Could we get like some, uh, like some fractal geometry in your office for when I trip? Like, can we play some like Boingo Boingo? Like, <laughs> I think that'll really help with the process of me healing." When I was um. When I was younger and I worked at an art gallery in Newport on the Bayfront, there was this one dude that made fractal art that we showed. Um, and I was, because I worked with like a bunch of old ladies and I was the only one that had ever done drugs and understood <laughs> what, what fractals were. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so every time <laughs> somebody, do. yeah, every time yeah. somebody was like, what is this? The like old ladies that worked there would be like, oh, come talk to Morgan. He knows all about Fractal geometry. Fractal geometry. <laughs> <laughs> you were the resident fractal geometry expert of the house. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think I would just say like, oh, uh, it's like a math problem, but it's like perfect. It's like a perfect <laughs> math problem, and it uh, <laughs> and it becomes like this uh, this art. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this self-replicating like. Uh, yeah, you ever seen like a snail shell, bro? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like a... that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, was a piece of, I was stoned at that job all the time. But, um... Oh, sure. How could you not be? Um, how would you? How else would you be able to explain what fractal geometry was to customers if you weren't high? Yeah, you have to be stoned. It's, uh, In order it's impossible to not to, because it's not real. It's bullshit. I mean, I yeah, understand that. Yeah. I understand that it's a real thing, and that there are people that have like, there's like fucking mathematicians or astral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that. Have, but the 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 majority understand the way that people understand it. Yeah, it's fucking bullshit. It's not oh, real. Yeah. Like it it's not real. true. Yeah, it's not true. It is false. <laughs> It is false. <laughs> There's um, no truth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, God damn. I don't know. 
do you want to get into like the um like the ramifications of this election so do yeah, you know yeah, that sure. um <laughs> i think this is like sort of like the worst case scenario in like a lot of ways <laughs> yeah yeah me too <laughs> <laughs> because like now joe biden is the president but um the republicans still hold the senate and the house so yeah, yeah, yeah. a joe biden won't be able to get anything done and yes. he won't be and he won't have to face any sense of responsibility for it at all yeah yeah, yeah. and um yeah. the kids in cages um they're gonna be in cages for eight more years yeah um, absolutely. blm they're still gonna be getting run over by police tanks and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and nobody's gonna care like yeah so it'll, yeah so a yeah the sense of urgency and terror that like uh allowed a lot of the like really uh insurrectionist pol like political direct action to thrive uh over the last four years and over the last year especially will be quieted down there'll be less interest and uh, the general leftist tactic that we were going to try and we were all going to band together and try was to agitate Joe Biden and force him to implement policies that are more in line with what we would want. Right. Yeah. Um, but since the, yeah, since all of the other branches of government are now not controlled if they're not directly controlled by Republicans, they are, there's a, enough Republicans in them that they won't, that they have basically rendered it completely useless. Um, yeah, like we're not going to, like Joe Biden is basically gonna be powerless against the Republican majority in the Senate to get anything done. And the, um, the, like, one thing that this election proved was that Joe Biden's tactic of, like, moving to the right uh, so basically worked. Like, that's oh, basically yeah. what got him elected. And yep, so, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to use that in every sort of policy decision he makes is to be bipartisan. And, uh, yeah, yeah. His, uh, his whole message is about being reuniting the country, bringing us all together, which is to say compromising with the far right uh insurrectionaries that have wreaked havoc on the united states for the last four years uh yeah i i mean <clears throat> um i read something today that was like it was just like an overview of like how joe biden won the presidency and in it it was like a, you know it's a pro-biden piece right and it was about what joe biden did right to win the presidency and in it, they were like, yeah, Joe Biden really won on his ability to uh, convey a message to the United States. Like, that was what, like, that's what it said. Like, it said, in summary, like, the, the bottom of the paragraph was like, yeah, his ability to convey his message to the United States is what won him the presidency. And I was like, that's actually, that's either really shitty writing or it's true, and that's like, the that's all you can fucking say about joe biden he conveyed a message what the fuck the was his States. message <laughs> yeah half the time he didn't know where he was like, yeah 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 he conveyed a message which was that uh 
nothing fundamental will change about the political system and that uh, um, electing an old establishment white dude is the only way the Democrats are going to have any chance of winning elections going forward. And fuck you to anybody who uh, had any kind of politics to the left of centrist Democrats. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely not, I am not particularly of, like most people that are left-wing right now, even if you're pretty far left-wing, this, I think this past year, people have been saying like, yeah, we got to vote. We got to, we just got to fucking get Biden in right now. Like we got to get Biden in right now, because even if you don't like Biden, there is the actual threat of terrible things happening to at-risk communities under Trump because he is an actual goddamn psychopath. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like now, yeah, man. I don't know. I'm not into it. I don't think that like. I mean the chances that Biden will be a four year Democrat, I think are pretty high. I don't think that having Biden, like, I just feel like there's like blood that still needs to be let in the United States. And Biden is not going to like, it's putting a bandaid over a much bigger wound. And the only way that that this shit's going to get resolved is to let that blood, you know? Yeah, I mean, what's going to happen in four years? Is Donald Trump just going to run again? Run again, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, win. Trump Jr., yeah. I mean, I think there's a very, like, so from, <clears throat> there's a very real chance that now Republicans are like, well, okay, Donald Trump was kind of a goofball and a clown buffoon. Uh, so, yeah, he couldn't keep the presidency. But now we know that there's widespread support for uh a undercover white nationalist to get the presidency. And we could do that. And uh, we can get a guy who is much more well-groomed, much better at spinning uh, lies in front of the media and getting away with the type of shit that Donald Trump was doing, except uh, much, just be much smarter about it, you know? Um, So that, I feel like Donald Trump there's, there's a worse version of Donald Trump coming down the pipeline real quick. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, like people have like, I mean, this has proved beyond a doubt that like you can elect a dude who has openly been accused of sexually assaulting women for like, like 15 times. And probably a lot of those are true if not all of them are true, like at least some of those are definitely true. If you've been accused of sexual assault, like as many times as Donald Trump has, the chances of one of them not being true is really small. (laughs) So like, I don't know. I think it's basically proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that you can just basically get whoever you want elected. It doesn't matter if they've committed horrible crimes. It doesn't matter if they have insane ideas. Um, So yeah. Because the only thing that matter like now is that they're like they have some like uh, idea of like celebrity, 
like Joe Biden is, of course, a politician, but he was the VP for Obama. That's how everybody knows him. That's the yeah, only yeah. reason that the uh, <clears throat> DNC pushed him like as hard as they did because they didn't want like Obama said many times that he didn't think Joe Biden could win. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. but like, well, they, yeah, I mean, he said that he didn't think Joe Biden would do it. Uh, and I think he also said that he didn't think Joe Biden would win if he did try. I'm pretty but, sure uh, he said he didn't think Joe Biden could win. And the, the whole, like, if you look at all the people that they sort of sabotaged to get Joe Biden there, whether it was literally sabotaging Bernie or convincing, yeah. uh, like Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar to drop out. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the reason that those people, and I don't, I think like, I think it's one thing to say that like Bernie would have won, but I'm not uh, too sure after looking at like this election, like a lot of people came out for Donald Trump. Like part of me thinks Joe Biden was sort of the only guy that could have won against him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think that it's like the people that voted um, from the cursory things that I read about like, uh, why people were voting for Donald Trump this time around. A lot of it literally was like, well, I don't, uh, you know, they're going to have a socialist takeover of the country. There's going to be, we're going to be all lining up in like bread lines and shit. And also uh, Hillary Clinton was uh, molesting children while eating pizza and worshiping Satan. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, they could like Joe Biden is the least socialist of all of those democratic primary candidates. They would have said that about any single one of them. They would have said yeah, that about Pete yeah. Buttigieg. They would have said that about Amy Klobuchar. They would have said it, and it would have been right about Bernie. But Bernie would have been able to like spin it his way. Yeah, yeah. So like, I think that a big. So yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess what I was trying to like say with that is that like most people think that, uh, you know, most coastal liberal types think that oh, uh, rural voters are just voting for the pe- for the person who they think is the stupidest and the most racist, you know, <laughs> like the, the guy who has the best haircut or whatever, but like, no, they have reasons for voting and they're very much, I think a lot, uh, like the turnout for Trump this year was due to concern about rioting in the streets and socialism gaining ground as a political option. Like, the people that voted for Trump were voting because they were worried about those things. Um, that being said, so so in that sense, vote having Biden was really the would have been the only safe bet because he was yeah the least socialist of any of of most of his uh, Democratic uh, candidates, um, other than like Pete Buttigieg, but. On the other hand, like, I also really kind of think that if Bernie had gone up there, like, if Bernie had had a chance to deliver his messaging to those people, I think a lot of them would have shifted. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I still kind of think that Bernie would have Bernie would have won. That's what I gotta say. I'm I'm not entirely sure. One thing you could say is that like um, of course like there are like a bunch of allegations against Donald Trump, 
uh, mm -hmm. for like sexual abuse. There, there were also that for Joe Biden. And like, I was in that, um, <laughs> I was in that far right, like Lincoln County uh, political group. They kicked me out. I don't know if I told you that, but um, <laughs> nice. yeah, they kicked me out. They said I was a commie because, um, yeah, yada, yada, yada. But um, cool. yeah, and they, they, they just kept posting things like, oh, we'll tell Joe Biden to stop touching young girls. And uh, they even had a picture where it was J Donald Trump holding and kissing a little girl. And the caption was, over the little girl, it was like, young girls. And over Donald Trump, it said, Joe Biden. And I was like, that's literally a picture of Donald Trump. <laughs> you know, but yeah. Bernie Sanders, a clean slate there. He has no allegations against him. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah, the only thing that he, that people tried to smear him for was having a, associations with uh uh like the gun lobby yeah but but yeah i don't know uh i think that like the the people that voted for trump are i always want to be like i always want to say like they are more intelligent than anybody gives them credit for and they like you know if they were approached with a reasonable like if they saw the actual agenda that Bernie Sanders had for him, maybe they would have, uh, it would have changed their minds. But I don't some know. Of them. Some of them, some of them are really that stupid. Um, That's it true. Is, it is fun watching them see them. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Proud Boys are back in Portland uh, as of tonight. They were downtown tonight. Oh yeah, what's going on? Are they? Uh, is writing still? Is are there still protests in Portland? Um, yeah, I mean, the protests have not uh, stopped on election night. There was a big, um, like, they declared it a riot by, like, 8 p.m., you know? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, to my knowledge, it was, oh, some, some people, they were walking down 6th Avenue and just busting up every business they saw, just breaking up every fucking window. Um, in preparation for that, a lot of places put up plywood. If you walk around downtown right now, everything is boarded up pretty crazy i went to deposit my check at um the wells fargo atm by my work which is like uh, um like like 12th and like lovejoy and uh mm -hmm. yeah the entire the entire bank was boarded up and the atm was boarded up and I couldn't jesus christ <laughs> i was pretty pissed off yeah so i went to go buy weed yeah is it still use their fucking atm but is it still just an abandoned ghost town in Portland? I haven't walked around downtown like at night uh, recently. I'll probably do that like on one of my days off here. I've been working a lot, so I haven't been able to go around. But I assume so. I assume it, it is just like a ghost town. On election night, like the first election night, um, it was a total ghost mm -hmm. town. We were really, really busy. But um, from what I heard from all the drivers, they said that nobody's out. Um, everybody was just scared to leave their homes. And uh, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't really want to go back. <laughs> makes me not want to return to America. Well, um, I mean, yeah, I don't know how long. I mean, you. I mean, they were protesting on election night when it was, like, pretty clear that Biden was going to win. And the whole idea was that they were, like, protesting because Trump said that he was still the president. But it's, like, any sane person can look at that and go, like, I mean, I know we already said that, like, don't don't put it out like it's still possible 
But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. most sane people would look at that and go like, well, it's Donald Trump. He's just saying crazy shit. Like, yeah, that, yeah. that's not a reason to like protest. <laughs> in my yeah. But I do yeah. think there are still reasons to protest because like Joe Biden isn't going to do anything to like stop police from killing black people. Um, yeah. The mayor of Portland, uh, Ted Wheeler, got reelected. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that uh, running against a far more progressive candidate. Yeah. So there were two. He was running against two people. One of them had dropped out of the race and had told people not to vote for. She was a black woman, uh, Teresa <laughs> Grayford. Right. And but um, there was like a big write in campaign for her. And uh, it yeah. literally came down to like Ted Wheeler got like 51 percent. And the uh, the other white woman who was like Antifa, Sarah, Inneron yeah. or Inneron, she yeah. had like eight percent less. And then there was like a thirteen percent vote for this right-in candidate. So I mean, I I I'm I don't want to uh, vote shame or anything because I definitely didn't vote for Joe Biden. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not the person to vote shame, but like that is the that is basically how Ted Wheeler got reelected was because the progressive vote was split between two people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> which is which is how Bernie lost, because it was split between him and Elizabeth Warren. And that's yeah, how Joe totally. Biden snuck in there. And so Joe Biden got his creepy little hands on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not. I don't feel good about this. I'm not celebrating. It is fun yeah. to watch. Uh, like I said, it is fun to watch mega people lose. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely fun to watch uh, insane 40-year-old dudes on the internet go fucking crazy. Um, I'm also excited that uh, I, like, um, I don't know, like, everybody on my, like, Instagram feed just, it's just, like, this, like, outpouring. It's, like, memes about Biden. It's, like, the same thing as, like, Flower Crown Bernie, you know? Where it's just stuff about like, wow, I can't believe that our nation has finally healed and like we can really like, wow, we really did it, guys. And it's like fucking like Jesus Christ, <laughs> like this is so. I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I've seen a lot of people that I like used to think were like really smart, and I'm like, oh, you're like really, you're probably not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just wild. I don't know what to say. Family members, um. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. Do you do you have anything else? Um, we're like on an hour right now. Um, no, I don't really have anything else. I'm confused. I'm confused. Confused, sad. Um, vaporwave is dead. Long live vaporwave. Um, yeah, I miss vaporwave. You know. Yeah. Well, it's coming back. It's coming back. Okay. Good to know. All right, and in in the uh, in <laughs> what the fuck is the word in the essence of the spirits in the yes. spirit of vaporwave <laughs> coming back we have some albums to review but um, yes i guess first we should take a break let's enjoy a break all right do you have to do anything particular i'm just gonna take a take a little pee smoke a little seed <laughs> no i'm just gonna eat these chips i'm gonna open this bag of chips and eat all right them. all right go for it what kind of chips are they really quick what, what kind okay, of Japanese there, chips you got there? Uh, it's called pizza potato, and it's uh, pizza flavored chips. Um, so when they have, when they like, like pizza flavored chips in America will be like, it just tastes like a like a shittier kind of cheese or something. 
these chips, they taste like somebody took a pizza and then like rubbed it on a chip and then put it in a bag and sold it. Possibly. They, yeah, they taste delicious, but not very much like pizza. I gotta say, the other day I had a, a 7-Eleven pizza. Five dollars, best pizza I ever had. Amazing. Delicious. Oh my god, you just gave me really big homesick uh, vibes for DiGiorno's. <laughs> Little shitty DiGiorno's pizzas. This was much better than a DiGiorno, trust me. Okay, okay. Okay, take your piss. Alright, we'll be back. Yeah. Slime Wire. Choose your own adventure. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back, baby. <laughs> um, welcome to the culture portion of the SlimeWire podcast, episode 2824, baby. Uh, we yep. have two albums to review. Um, and then also we have episode seven of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Um, it's what, back. So we have the uh, the new 10 Tricks Point Never album, Magic 10 Tricks Point Never. Oh, and yeah. we have the new Death's Dynamic Shroud New World mixtape. Sea World 2. What would you like to get into? Um, well, I just want to announce that I think this is it, Morgan. This is going to be our first disagreement on the podcast. So get ready. Gloves are coming off. We're going to get into it. We're going to fight. And we're going to have a little election of our own. All right. Well, let's tango. Um, well, let's start with <laughs> let's start with 10 Tricks Point Never then. Yeah, because that's a smooth... A smooth and loquacious agree right there. One of Trick's Point Never is, of course, uh, the inventor of Vaporwave with his alias uh, Chuck Persons. He released the album Echo Jams Volume <laughs> 1 back in 2010, giving birth to the genre that we love and the basis of this podcast. He is back yes. with a new album. Uh, it's called Magic One of Trick's Point Never. Um, he pre- he uh, fucking performed on the the whatever show it is with Jimmy Fallon uh, the other night. Um, he's oh, making, no yeah, he's making big moves. He's making big moves. Uh, what did you What did you think? He stooped as low as Jimmy Fallon. He went on Jimmy Fallon. Well, now I don't know what to think. God, we truly yeah. are living in topsy-turvy times. Yeah, it's kind of disgusting. The inventor of Vaporwave went on Jimmy Fallon? Well, he's not necessarily like a true vaporwave artist. He did invent yes. vaporwave, but he has not been like a a mainstay in the scene. He burst vaporwave, but he dropped it off at the nearest shelter and let whoever, uh, whatever kind of crazy bums he felt like raise his child for him. He is in a way, he's like a Dr. Frankenstein type figure. He never realized the monster that his creation would become. Absolutely. He, uh, yeah. yeah, he birthed a creature and then it turned on him. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's a good album. <laughs> I really liked it a lot. Um, I thought all of the uh, interludes with um, sampling um, like radio broadcasts were very good, very vaporwave. Yes. There was one part yes. where he was sampling some guy that was saying, like, Music of the past, you know, it just doesn't talk to us much anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I was uh, very intrigued by how 
fucking vaporwave this album is, how much his use of repeated sampling over and over and over again, and uh, that's a that's a vaporwave uh, um, staple. Uh, staple, yeah, that's a staple of vaporwave, and I'm glad that one of Tricks Point Never is still keeping up with that. You know, he's still tan- and he's also. I feel like his relationship with vaporwave, he's always coyly sort of intimated to his audience that he's not completely divorced of vaporwave because in um garden of delete my i would say still my personal favorite ono chicks point never album to date mine is uh, um r plus seven but gotcha gotcha so he had echo jam c1 as a track listing in garden of delete and here we find uh um bow echo which sounds a little bit like a uh it's it's got a little bit of a vaporwave sheen to it, if I do say so myself. Yeah, it kind of sounds a little vaporwavey. So I think you know he really hasn't uh, completely disowned that moniker, or at least he likes to have a little bit of fun with it. But yeah, so I like I uh, I think that this album is at the same time uh, more vaporwave and more poppy, more accessible than most of his other albums. Um, like it yeah, has this is very, his breakthrough. Yeah, yeah. This is. I feel like this is intended to reach success with a commercial audience to the Jimmy Fallon set, you know. And uh, yeah, so I was very. Uh, that isn't to say that it isn't still like super experimental. There are a lot of like yeah. very ambient passages. Um, my favorite track is uh, the Weather Channel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I love the Weather Channel. So the first um, half of that is just super ambient. It's super. Um, what's that um, Death's Dynamic Shroud song on Heavy Black Heart, where it like has a bunch of silence in it and just like. Oh yeah! Yes, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of that. And then halfway through the track, it switches into this sort of SoundCloud rap <laughs> type <laughs> thing, which I, I mean, I love. I love that shit. So I thought it was yeah. very good. Are you listening to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, yeah so I really liked that track. I loved uh, I Don't Love Me Anymore. Great name. Oh, yeah, great. That one's really and, good, uh, too. Yeah, so I really liked that. That was, that's like the main track where I got these heavy vibes of like, oh, this is supposed to be poppy, accessible, and just kind of chill. Yeah, um, I got the same thing from uh, No Nightmares, the track after the Weather Channel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so this album, uh, I already told you, but I uh, this album reminds me a lot of Classroom Sex Tape. I'll have to listen why. to Classroom Sex Tape because I w- didn't really see that initially. It did. It reminds me a lot of um, the same as that Renja album of Farside Virtual. Really? Yeah. I don't know. So, like, there's a lot of uh, very, like, summery and, like, kind of, like, cautiously hopeful uh, uh, moods on this album, like on Lost But Never Alone, uh, Wave Idea, and Answering Machine, um, where, like, there's, I, I don't know, it just gives me this vibe of, like, a, like, waking up in a room and so the sunlight is streaming in and it's very pretty and very beautiful I think like 
this whole album gives me a vibe similar to the last song on Classroom, Sex Date. You know that one? Yeah, maybe I'll have to re-listen to Classroom Sex Tape because I, I don't remember that particular track. Oh, no, you you do. You you know it. It's the one with the telephone, and it's just like a really... It's the guy... It's just... Uh, I think it's Tech on his voice, and it's just him singing over this, like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this whole album has that kind of vibe for me. Um, and I think it's really interesting, like, I just always associate One on Trick Point Never mostly with Garden of Delete and hearing the very dark and brooding, seedy, uh, kind of the, the trash, the, the garbage dumpster behind a hardcore rave garage in Europe type sound. <laughs> and this is uh, much different than that. Uh, yeah, it's very, um, I, I liked it a lot. Um, yeah. It's good shit. Good shit. Um, Standout tracks include, for me, Answering Machine, you got uh, The Weather Channel, and I Don't Love Me Anymore. I'm, I'm going to have to go with uh, The Weather Channel. I'm going to have to go with No Nightmares. I'm going to have to go with Imago. Oh, yeah, yeah, Imago. Yeah, Imago. Very, very good. And uh, Crosstalk 4 slash Radio Lonelies. All right. So uh, how many Roman busts do you give this album? Uh, I give it one Roman bust. Um, I give okay. it... Um, uh, uh, what Roman bust is it? Um, here. Give me just one second. So me... Yeah, yeah. I've got to look him up, too. Uh, Don't worry. TheRomanGuy.com has us covered with the 10 greatest Roman emperors. Each one of these Roman emperors has a bust of himself. And I know this because I'm looking at them right now. Oh, that's pretty dope. Um, I'm going, I'm going to give it, well, God damn it. Here we go. Uh, I'm going to give it an Augustus. A full Augustus. Augustus was a pretty big, I mean, that's a pretty big endorsement right there. Grand grandnephew and adopted son of Julius Caesar. Uh, yeah. Well, shit. Um, yeah. He reigned uh, for forty years, seven months, and three days. So. Wow. So I'm gonna go ahead and give this a, a Vespasian out of one, because um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was the ruler of uh, Rome in uh, 68 A.D which is traditionally the 68th year of any century. is like a crazy year. 1868 was a crazy year. Uh, 1968 was a crazy year. So um, it's like a tradition. So, yeah. Yeah, right. I'm giving them Vespasian out of uh, seven. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, let's switch gears over to uh, deathsdynamicshroud.wmb. Deathsdynamicshroud.wmb is... Um, one of our like one of my personal favorite vaporwave acts um they recently started their new world mixtape fan club thing where the idea is that you pay them seven dollars a month and you get a new album slash new world mixtape every month uh what do you think about this uh this pay model for vaporwave artists 
It's an ambitious project, and I like to see uh, experiments in musical distribution uh, such as this being carried out in the vaporwave scene. Um, that's always been one of the most exciting things about vaporwave is it's various different takes on distributing music. So I'm interested to see where they're going to go with it. I also think that uh, Death Dynamic Shroud is, if there was going to be a artist to tackle such a project, I would want it to be Death, Death Dynamic Shroud. Yeah, Death um, Dynamic Shroud is the only one that I would uh, subscribe to. There are other Vaporwave artists that have Patreons, and uh, I don't think they give you whole albums or anything. I think they give you, like, uh, you know, like, promotional release or stuff like that. Um, yeah. I do, so I I would only subscribe to this because it's Death's Dynamic Shroud, and because they're so important to not only Vaporwave history, but my own personal enjoyment of Vaporwave. Mm. But I would say... Um, I'm not too excited about the idea of Vaporwave existing behind a paywall. Hmm. Hmm. Um, yeah. I, so I think that like paywalls are like, this is, could be the start of a disturbing trend, right? But like in, there are various ways to do that kind of subscription based service, right? And I think that this is not like the way that they are doing it is not necessarily uh, exploitative or anything, really. Just because like they're still working on mainstream releases of albums, right? Like Which they're still will be available to the public. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think that like uh, uh, what I imagine they're going to be doing with this service is basically, and what I hope they're going to be doing is like doing stuff like like their older catalog that is really like mostly just kind of samples of like video game music and loops like that like just like bang stuff out and uh do really quick stuff uh and i really like that idea and if it's just like where sort of the the quality of the product isn't guaranteed so it's not like you're like it's just kind of these one-offs, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then they're going to save their best stuff for their public releases. I don't really have a problem. Like, I just consider it like I'm paying $7 a month just to hear these guys' wild, wacky, kind of uh, uh, unarticulated ideas. Stuff they left on the cutting room floor. Yeah, and I'm basically. really interested. Like, if that is what it turns out to be, that's actually what I. That's actually what I would really want out of a subscription service like this, um, and so I have no problem with it in this form. If they, if other vaporwave artists see that this has had some success and then think, oh, maybe I can put all of my music behind a monthly paywall, and I will now release all of my albums only to the people that subscribe to my service then yeah, that's kind of shitty. Yeah, and they, and they ain't getting reviewed on SlimeWire. That's what they do. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah they just lost themselves a customer. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, the, the idea behind this whole project is that they have a like back catalog of albums that they... So Death's Dynamic Shroud is supposed to be like two dudes, sometimes just three dudes, 
but most of their albums are it's one person making one album release under dds and then another guy makes another album releases it under dds and uh they did that for like a while and they released like 10 albums like that and then they worked together to make like another album and it ended up being really really good and garnering a lot of praise and so from what i understand they like don't want to continue like just shitting out music under the death's dynamic shroud name because they want to keep up their profile as being like really intense good artists and so this is but I imagine they, they, they still want to shit out these albums. And this is yeah. their way of doing that without ruining the, uh, the good name of Death's Dynamic Shroud, you know. I see. I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, I, uh, I fully endorse that. Uh, I think that's a good thing to do. I endorse uh, Death's like, Dynamic you... Shroud. Oh, go ahead. If you if you look at the stuff that they're including with the subscription right now, it's uh, um, Sea World Two, Live from Japan, Heavy Black Hearts, Classroom Sex Tape. Okay, so I'm kind of kind of confused because right now they're saying that if you subscribe to their thing, if you subscribe to this thing, uh, you get they say, okay, you get access to exclusive messages and you get these back catalog and subscriber only releases under which is included live from Japan, heavy black heart classroom. No, sex okay. So what it is, is you get you, a, you get access to their entire back catalog, which is mm-hmm. all of the albums they made before this, which mm-hmm. would include live from Japan, heavy black heart. And then going forward, you get access to exclusive releases where they will have a new one every month. So the, the first month, is Sea World Two, and yeah, yeah. But I'm saying that at the same time, under their heading that just says music, it's also like you can just see Heavy Black Heart right there, and you can just play it for free. Yeah, but it doesn't say exclusive under Sea World Two. Oh well, on the thing I was looking at earlier, it said Sea World Two was exclusive, so it's only exclusive yeah. to the people that pay for this. You can still listen to Heavy Black Heart if you're not subscribed to this service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm aware of this, and I and I also see the little thing that says exclusive on SeaWorld too. But it, so I'm just, I guess I'm just kind of confused that it's that they're listing Heavy Black Heart and I'll Try Living Like This and Classroom Sex Tape as back catalog or back catalog or subscriber only releases, and yet you can go just listen to them. On their main page. Okay, so SeaWorld 2 is an exclusive release. This I understand. I'll Try Living Like This, Heavy Black Heart, Classroom Sex Tape, those are back catalog. I so see. say back catalog and exclusive releases. It's a merging of the two. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Back catalog. They, they, I have access to back catalog releases and subscriber-only releases. Not yes. releases that are back catalog and subscriber only. Yeah, there aren't any of those because all of those back catalog releases have already been available to the public. It would be yes. it would be absurd for them to make you pay for them. There are two, point. it would be completely antithetical to everything they stand for. And yeah, so I have, there are two categories of release available to myself having subscribed. Yes, but there's yes. only one exclusive release and I imagine they'll, like if they put out a new album that 
isn't exclusive, it'll still be in that list. By being yeah, a subscriber, you get everything that they put out, right? Yes, I understand this. At this point, I now understand what <laughs> is trying to be said. Thanks well, for watching that. It's all right. Um, let's get into the album here. Hold up. I just have to grab something really quick. Yeah. But let's get into SeaWorld 2. Um, yeah. That's, uh, the very first exclusive release from the DDS uh, subscription service. Yeah. Um, and, so, uh, yeah, you don't... You uh, let, let me hear your thoughts first off. I got problems with it. Uh, my first thing that I will say is that I also didn't like SeaWorld 1. Um, and my general attitude towards the... Death Dynamic Shroud back catalog is not great. Like, I'm not a huge fan, really. Um, and I think SeaWorld is kind of like the... Out of all of their old releases, SeaWorld is kind of the most emblematic of them, and I don't like it. Have you so, listened to all of them? I've listened to... Iwadita uh, uh, Regret, Derelict uh, Megatawa, RPG... Uh, Window House uh, Bista, um, Virtual Utopia Experience. I haven't listened to the first uh, uh, Shenmue Online. Uh, You've listened to a lot more of them than I have. I've only listened to like, I've listened to Sea World. I've listened to Derelict Mega Tower. I've listened to World War Olympics, um, Classroom Sex Tape, of course. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I've listened to well versed. Yeah, I've listened to everything down to uh, RPG uh, Windows Vista, 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 Vista. Probably anyway. Vista. Vista, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, so I've listened, but I mean, like a lot of that, I haven't really, you know, really gone hard on and really given a good listen to. But uh, so I didn't like the original Sea World. I don't like this Sea World. Uh, I think that, like, it's for a lot of reasons that you will probably have be familiar knowing my general taste in music. You will, these are not new complaints for me, but like, it's a very, like, concept album, right? It's a conceptual album about a general vibe uh, that I would say is sort of like, uh, a Nintendo 64 Mario Beach level, you know? Yeah. Or that's wa what water level, I would say. A water level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that is the vibe that it's trying to go for. And A, I tend to not like these kind of concept albums in Vaporwave in general. Like, I, I like the concept, I just don't like listening to it, you know? And B, I don't like this specific concept. It's just a, it's this pure aesthetic. I just don't like it. I don't like the, I don't like the beach. I only like the beach if it's like a northwest, a Pacific Northwest beach that looks like drab, gray, and like something that you wanna like, uh, like drink a cup of coffee in a cafe on the side of the beach, not actually swim in it or like hang out, and, you know. Well, I don't think a single part of this album is like like beach boys like let's have fun at the beach 
type vibe. Yeah, but it's still definitely a more tropical beach theme uh, rather than like a in the aeroplane over the sea type beach. You know what I'm saying? Don't ever bring that album up on this podcast. <laughs> well, the, the cover of that album features two people that are standing on a beach. And that's the kind of beach that I'm into. But anyways. So yeah, don't like concept albums like this. Don't like the specific concept that it's going for. And like, I'm just going to come out to say it. Like, I'm a simple man. I like bangers. I like it when people make music that I want, that I get like an endorphin release from listening to. And this album doesn't give me that until track seven, Taiketsu. Track seven is uh, a great track. Track seven, it's a good track. Can't, can't say it's not a good track. Um, I think Ghost Ship Rave is a pretty good track. Kind of like that one too. Yeah, I um, like that one. But uh, I don't know what you see in Desperation. I, I really... love Desperation. It sounds like um, it's ripped straight off of um, a Pursuing Paradise album. It sounds just like something off of adult contemporary novel, which is one of my favorite Vaporwave albums. I'm, I know I've showed you that one. Oh, yeah. I've listened to that a lot. I used it's... to listen to that every day. Um, how, can you, I... how can you like that and like hate that track? It's the, they're the same thing, basically. Yeah, but I think that... Uh... Adult contemporary album has like adult contemporary novel. Adult contemporary novel. I'm sorry. Uh, like, I don't know. It's just something in the way that it's all put together. It, like it flows. So when it gets to tracks like that, I'm ready for it. And desperation, like it doesn't even seem like it fits into the theme of this album. Yeah, you know? because it hits you. It hits you from the left field. It's it hits you from the left. You you're aren't you aren't expecting it, and then it goes hard. Evan, yeah, you're a, Evan, you're a fool. You're a you're a fool. Um, well, I don't understand. Well, how how can you how can you consider yourself a vaporwave commentator and hate the concept albums? That's half of what vaporwave is. Half, every vaporwave album is a concept album. Yeah, but some of these concept albums are concept albums that have music that is like enjoyable to listen to. And not like, uh, like the soundtrack of a Sega Genesis. Uh, you've gotten to, you've gotten too far removed from vaporwave. If I showed you this in 2016, I, I feel like you'd be all over this. Listen to the track, uh, track 14, A.E. Eternal. It's devastating. How can you listen to that and it doesn't just like destroy your mind? Hey, that's a Bay Eternal and. That was also a very good track. I will admit that. It's just... It the Shattered Bride. The Shattered Bride. <laughs> the Shattered Bride's pretty good. Yeah. It's just that it's like those three songs and then the rest is just like, goddamn, uh, video game samples slowed down. There are a lot of video game samples on here. There, it isn't all video game samples. Um, I when I listened to this, I felt a, a a warm, tingly feeling in the pit of my stomach. That it gave me the same feelings that I felt when I first listened to some of those early classic vaporwave releases back in when I got into it in like 2014, 2015, and it it felt like it was one of those albums that had I discovered it then, I probably would have listened to it 
over and over and over and over again. Um, it felt like if this had come out in 2015, I would have considered it one of the best albums of the year. Um, I think it's very good. Yeah, yeah, it's devastating. It destroys you. <laughs> uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't hit that way for me. I'm sorry. I don't I know. Just, I don't know what what you're smoking, but like, I I feel like it's like incredibly emotional. I feel like it's it. The difference between this and like Heavy Black Heart is that, well, it's not necessarily the difference between this and Heavy Black Heart. Um, this feels like whoever made this. I don't know which one of them made it if it was both of them or if it was all three of them or if it was just one of them, but it feels yeah. like a real passion project. It feels like they really wanted to make this and that's yeah. why they started the whole subscription based service was basically to get this fucking album out. I think. <laughs> right. Yeah. It does sound like they wanted to honor their like pre uh, I'll try living like this uh, sound. Yeah, it like, sounded like they wanted to make more of those albums and they were like, fuck, I can't do it unless I release it under some like obscure alias or something. And so because Death's Dynamic Shroud has become so big, so why not do this subscription service and brand it as a New World mixtape? And so you're not supposed to take it as seriously as Heavy Black Heart or I'll Try Living Like This. It's obviously not a successor to either of those albums, but it is a like a classic vaporwave statement and pastiche right yeah yeah no i mean uh, i understand that but like i mean i think this is one of our uh, very big difference that we have here um in our appreciation of vaporwave and electronic music in general is that like when i listen to the like a track of like peppy sonic the hedgehog uh, opening uh, level music that's been slowed down and drenched in uh, reverb, like that doesn't give that doesn't hit anything for me. That doesn't do anything for me. It just doesn't. You know, like why? Why are you commenting on vaporwave if it doesn't? That's the whole point of vaporwave. There's plenty of other vaporwave that uses the uh, the process the uh, generally accepted techniques of producing vaporwave that creates music that is enjoyable to listen to. Whereas I feel like there's another type of vaporwave music where it's, you're getting off on the concept of, whoa, I'm listening to this thing. It's been like, well, it sounds like so, it sounds like something from my memory and it's been slowed down and it's like, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and that doesn't really, like, it has to also be, like, stand on its own and be good. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I don't like this, because it's not that good. And it just, like, I don't know. I just, I want, I want the, I want the artist, I don't want to, I don't want to work to enjoy things. You know what I mean? Like, you can have, like, you can have experimental aspects to the music, but like, give me a banger for God's sakes. You know? It's not a banger album. Not every album is going to have bangers. It, but they should. And I <laughs> wish that they did. All right. Well, we're going to have to agree to disagree. Um, 
I'm gonna give I'm gonna give or go ahead. What do what do you have to say, sir? Um, I'm gonna give this album a Roman bust, but it's gonna be a Roman bust of uh, let's see here. Um, Antonino Pio, one Antoni Antonino Pio out of twelve. Uh, elected emperor at the age of 51, he ruled until he was 74 years old. Amazingly old age at the time. His reign was quiet. No turmoil, no costly war, no famous coup d'etat. Antonio Pio was just a man running the Roman Empire. Okay, well, I'm going to give it a, a, a Constantius I. Uh, Constantius I... Uh, after his death, he became known as uh, Chloris, but the nickname does not appear in records. He was the father of Constantine the Great and the founder of the Constantinian dynasty, which, uh, uh, you know, the Death's Dynamic Shroud is going to have a dynasty with this subscription-based service. <laughs> uh, okay. So well, one Constantinius the first. Okay. Very good. All right. Um we got on the uh, on the list here. That was a great disagreement. You really came after me, damn. Yeah, I'm. I, it pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, okay. Um, so we got. Uh, uh, I watched episode seven of NGE, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Hell yeah. We're, we're watching Neon. We're doing the the lame podcast thing where one guy who has already watched a show watches a show with the guy who has not watched the show. <laughs> it's a very popular podcast trope. Um, it is? Yeah, it is. There's a lot of podcasts like that. Um, we're doing it. Um, we're doing it with Neon oh, Genesis yeah. Evangelion. All right. Well, let's dive right in. Um, so, so, yeah. Seven of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Even <clears throat> uh, episode seven of Neon Genesis Evangelion is... Uh, uh, what's it called? The Works of Man, I believe. Uh, yes, I believe so. The Works of Man. That was off the dome. Uh, uh, That's pretty amazing that you knew that immediately. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did look at it. I mean, I just watched it. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, it's uh, one of the more, I would say, a by-the-numbers uh, robot anime episode of Neon Genesis Evangelion, where such episodes are few and far between within the larger uh, body of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Um, so it's a rare chance to get a shot of a robot anime that is kind of like a, a little light on the suicidal depression aspect of NGE. So yeah, um, what did you think about it? Um, I thought it was cool. Um, I thought, uh, yeah, it was you know, some good giant robot fighting. Um, so it was the, so it was, I didn't know that there were um, other, um, uh, fucking, what's the fucking word? Other people, other things, other corporations, corporations creating robots besides yeah. the, uh, the Evas. Um, so yeah. that was cool. That was a cool little, um, you know, world building moment um yeah. and uh yeah shinji had to save the day and then misato ends up saving the day but ends up 
figuring out that it was all a ploy. It was all a ploy. Somebody had been doing this. Yeah, it was all a ruse. Um, it was good. Uh, the ending was very cringy when he's walking with his um, his friends from school, and he's like, they're 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 like super turned on by Misatu. They think she's super hot, and he's yeah. like, you don't get it. She's like a slob, and they're like, oh, you really don't get it, do you? And so in my mind, when I watched that, they're like, they're making fun of him because he hasn't gone through puberty yet. He doesn't realize how like super hot she is, right? And then, <laughs> but then they're like. You see her like family does, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's super cringy, man. Um, yeah. But no, it's it was, touching. Yeah, it's touching. But um, yeah, I was expecting for some more sexual exploration. Um, I, there was one shot where they were like, the school kids were looking at her through like the door and she like grabbed her tits and like in anime yeah. fashion, her tits are like, bubbling and jiggling and shit yeah uh uh yeah i mean if you're if you're looking for sexual gratification uh and i know you are don't worry about it you'll get it later um uh i think that the ending part that you're talking about that's interesting so you you cringed you thought that was cringe yeah i thought it was very cringe i mean i was watching the uh the dub yeah yeah, and that's a big problem that you're gonna have to change. Uh, you're gonna have to start watching the sub here, buddy. I should watch the sub. Absolutely, I, I'll watch the sub because I've been reading the subtitles anyway, and they're different than what they're saying on the dub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the dub. I have heard that the dub. Okay, I'm not gonna get into this, but have you I've seen heard, the dub? Have you never watched the dub? I watched the first episode, the first time I was like, I was like 19 in college and I was like, okay, I need to become like a real weeb. I need to watch NGE. Like I haven't actually watched it. What the fuck is wrong with me? And I started watching it and this I started while watching- while you were in college? Mm-hmm. We were friends in college. I thought you were cooler than like trying to become the ultimate weeb. I had many faces in college. Okay. I was a man of many faces at the time. But yeah, um, I uh, uh, I was watching it, and I watched the first episode with the dub, and it's so shitty and stupid sounding that I was like, my fucking God, I have to watch the sub. Like, I thought, I thought part of the, like, um, part of the appeal of it is that it is stupid and cringy and weird, right? No, I mean, not that much. Not that much. I've heard that the dub gets better over time as the voice actors kind of get accustomed to the characters, but I was not willing to stick around until that happened and switched instantly to the sub where it is, oh my God, it's about a million times better. Like the the characters are, they sound consistent throughout the entire run of the show. Um, they sound kind of, I don't know. It just sounds a lot better. It sounds a lot less cringe. Although, I don't know. Um, I'm obviously like <clears throat> a little biased. Well, um, I'll sw- I'll switch to the sub. I'll switch to the sub. Absolutely. Uh, uh, but yeah, so like I don't know. I think that part of it, uh, like earlier in that episode, uh, she talks about in a voiceover narrative while uh, Shinji is walking with his friends to school. She's like, "Oh man, he was like making jokes today, and he was like being sarcastic, and like." 
he was like doing all this stuff. He's like improving. He's becoming more sociable. I am turning this little boy into a man. And uh, so she was, <clears throat> she's basically been watching him and trying to coax him out of his shell. Uh, and that's a big theme of the whole show is that she's trying to get him to participate more in the real world and be like a good person, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and that's a big theme of the show. And like, as we watch the show, that is one of the biggest themes is getting Shin, A, the idea that Shinji is not just a depressed little kid. He's actually a piece of shit. Like the show's attitude towards Shinji's general malaise and depression is not that he's a sympathetic character. It's that he's a piece of shit. For, because he feels bad, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's kind of like, I mean, it's that, really, it's that he is so divorced from the world um, because he can't forge close relationships with anybody, and that's why he feels bad all the time. And that is really at the root of his depression and estrangement. And um, so the implication is that it's his fault and he has to change morally in order to fix himself. He, the only way that he's going to save himself is if he can connect with other people. Um, so I think that that last part of the episode is sort of uh, big character development for Shinji because he's realizing that he is becoming intimate with someone, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, okay, I get it now. And I mean, like... There is, like, within Japanese society, there is the, uh, the boundaries that are drawn between formal work relationships, friendships, close friendships, and family relationships are much more demarcated. And you are much more, like, you really know where you stand a lot more uh, about whether you are somebody's close friend just kind of their buddy or like their BFF forever. Right. Um, and so they're talking about like uh, in the Japanese, they talk about uh, how he has entered uh, her nakama, which means like close friend group or like in group. Um, so yeah, I think it's a little bit more, I don't know. Uh, I didn't think it was cringe at all. I think it's a big, it's a big moment. It's, an emo it's a moment that will reverberate. I mean, it makes sense when you watch the rest of the show. And especially once it gets to the end. Yeah. Well, we're going to continue watching the show. This is a new segment on the SlimeWire podcast. Uh, yes. Uh, Triton T2 tries to watch uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Um, Triton T2 tries his best to watch Neon Genesis Evangelion. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you thought about it? Not, not really. It's cool. It's cool. Robot, robot fight scenes. Uh, like that. Um, <laughs> is there something I'm supposed to be looking out for? You, you, you have to explain these things to me. Uh, well, I want no. I want your raw. I want the raw Morgan take on Neon Genesis Evangelion. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean that episode. Um, I, there were other episodes previous to it that I liked more. That were um, I thought it was yeah. good. Once again, like this is kind of a one-off. Um, it's 
an aberration within the broader Neon Genesis Evangelion. Like most other episodes have a different vibe, right? Okay. Well, um, we can get back into it on the next episode when we watch right. episode eight. Episode eight. Both of What's us, we will both watch episode eight. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to watch it uh, right after this. Probably going to watch it right now. I mean, I could watch it right now, but I'll probably try and wait until we, uh, right before we record the next episode. Which, ah, fresh which, and raw. Yeah, Asuka arrives in Japan. Is the title. Oh, this is a classic. I mean, this is like a huge, a great moment in the show. It's a very important, and uh, they introduce the the third main character of the show. There's a third uh, main character. Yes. Okay. Uh, and the, I believe the third love interest for Shinji. Uh, Jesus. Character who has a huge fan base, is a very charismatic, interesting, very interesting character. Uh, and it's also some of the coolest uh, animation they ever did in the show. Um, it's like an under, it's an underwater episode. Ooh. Yeah. Sea World 3. <laughs> yeah, Sea World 3 was actually released in 1996. All right, well, um, I guess we're rounding out to the end of the show. Um, I do have some news for you. Oh, yeah, you got some surprise bits. Yeah, okay, so sit down, because you're going to want to stand up after you hear this. Okay. Um, SlimeWire Radio, the official SlimeWire Radio program. What yes. do you think about that, bitch? SlimeWire Radio. We're back. Are we gonna do it? Not the podcast, right? So, okay, so some background. I was, uh, was kind of drunk the other night, and um, <laughs> I was, uh, you know, I was really thinking to myself, I was going, I need a radio show, man. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, I sent an email off. I drunkenly wrote an email off to uh, KPSU, the Portland State University radio station, explaining that I run a Vaporwave podcast, that I'm uh, uh, one of the main Vaporwave uh, educators in the world and uh, that I wanted to set up a radio uh, vaporwave radio show for them and they basically yeah. hit me back and were like fuck yeah dude hell yeah and uh, yeah it might, it might be happening soon they, <laughs> they sent me like a DJ handbook and some shit and I have to like take a test and then like do a zoom call with some motherfucker but like yeah it, SlimeWire Radio hell might, yeah. might be happening soon SlimeWire Radio coming at you live and Cape. what I want to do with it is I want to uh, I want to reintegrate myself into my early days of vaporwave uh, music listening. And I want to look at like some of the the first things that I did when I got into vaporwave was I looked listened to all the albums from like the vaporwave ultra guide, essentially ultra guide. So yeah, I yeah. want to like create episodes based on like okay, we're going to go through the first. 20 releases in the Vaporwave Essentials Culture Guide and pick out some of the standout tracks from uh, <laughs> these, this, these 20 albums. And uh, yes, yeah. uh, you are going to recreate your own listening experience, uh, the own, your own subjective experience of listening to Vaporwave for the KPSU audience. Yeah, for other people. So for the, for the city of Portland. Damn. Dude, you're going to be the guy that. I would always listen to when I went to like the bathroom at PSU at like the New Burger Hall. Hall. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. 
that's yeah. genius. Might be happening. So SlimeWire, we're we're getting a lot of foots in the door in a lot of places. We're running up. It's happening. All right. Um, anything? Anything? Anything you want to say? Um, I'm okay. I think I'm good. Congratulate. I think you should totally do a radio show. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm doing it. I just gotta. I gotta get through the uh, preliminary steps. But, uh, the brass tacks. Yes. And uh, sorry. I said it should happen. Very good. Very good. And um, if in any way I can be involved with this project, please. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you'll have to move back to Portland, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that's not happening, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm all out. I'm all out of juice. All right, SlimeWire will always be here for you. Uh, SlimeWire will prevail. Um, Ikeman Sensei, sayonara. Sayonara.